Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Too bad. Let me show my screen here and we can uh, kick this event off here. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the uh, long weekend. Um, and possibly, you know, for those that have portfolios, a little bit of a run up until, until the long weekend. That's a pretty historic phenomenon, actually. Um, the, the market seems to have a lot of expectancy or or relief or excitement that they they get a rest they get an extra day uh, so it's it's typical to see um, the markets want to rally in front of a long weekend i always thought that was funny because you know you actually then expand the risk element over the weekend you know with geopolitical risks and all that kind of stuff and in, in this case there was except that it it kind of bottomed already at midweek right we bottomed in wednesday and then it was like there was little glimmers of you know maybe there will be some resolve they seem to be moving a little bit closer to the middle uh, you know biden that was just basically kind of on the no side was you know sounded like there was a little bit more negotiation or or hope of that <laughs> happening um so uh i think the markets you know rallied in anticipation that this would get done and we're still not there completely we have to obviously have the vote um but the latest news that's coming out is uh basically i'll just read it here um, where did it go hmm. well it's disappeared on me uh, but uh the latest news is yeah here it is i got it now um stock futures rise after gop and white house reach um tentative u.s debt ceiling deal so tentative um, it's going to be voted on sometime this week and hopefully before the 5th of uh, June. So we we still don't know, you know, whether it would get locked completely and, and what it all means, but uh, this was what the market was anticipating, that something would, would occur. Um, there were indications of that by McCarthy that things were starting to move along. So um, markets like that. But I mean, there was lots of other catalysts as well, right? So what what did we have for catalysts? We had um, NVIDIA's earnings, right? So we hit a low on Wednesday in the market. Like we opened kind of up a little bit on Monday. We pulled back Wednesday, we hit a low. And then we um, had their NVIDIA earnings, which gapped the market. Free market was really strong. And of course, on Thursday, it... Uh, the S&P didn't follow through as much. I mean, it kind of closed a little bit above where it opened, but not that much. The Qs were much stronger and have been all year, in fact. Um, and then uh, the Russell didn't like what was going on on Thursday for some reason. <laughs> it went the other way. Uh, Dow Jones kind of a little bit soft as well. Um, but then on Friday, uh, Russell decided to not be left behind and wanted to kick it in too <laughs> and uh you know we had a continuation of a rally in fact the signal to noise ratio on friday for the s p was much better than thursday and for the queues was just uh you know really strong signal to noise Wait, and what i mean by signal to noise is very uh, steady move upward with very slight pullback walking the upper bollinger band so i call that signal and not it's not volatility it's not chop it's the opposite of that so if you want to know what 
you know, noise is, just look at something like what looks like an earthquake sign, just chop, 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 back and forth. If you want good signal, that would be very directional with very low volatility and consistent move in that direction. Could be down, could be high signal down, or could be high signal up. So this on the screen here is the sector performance for the week. We see uh, technology um, again, NVIDIA, and then on Friday we had Marvel earnings. So that added, I mean, that thing was up 35.5% or something. Uh, incredible move and driving all the semiconductors. So we'll take a look at the SOX and SMH uh, ETF charts uh, before we finish here as well today. But um, yeah, the, the technology you know came in number one and discretionary, uh, which is consumer cyclical, uh, came in number two for the day. Um, and for the, the week, uh, the cyclical was in third place, but still uh, much better than the rest of the, the groups there below it. Um, so you can see that on Friday, healthcare and energy and utilities were lagging, consumer defensive as well. And look at that for the week, they just got pounded. So even though we pulled back on Wednesday, had that discount and the concerns about the debt ceiling and things were not going so good. And we were also getting more information about the economic reports were pretty robust and they, you know, they indicated that the, the Fed may not pause in June. In fact, there was a lot of Fed speak this week as well. Same thing is more like, well, we're going to still have to do some more hikes and we probably won't be able to cut interest rates until the latter maybe late into 2024, if you guys are expecting that, it's probably not gonna happen any time before that. So kind of buckle up and prepare for a little bit more hikes. And uh, we don't know if we're gonna pause, but we might, but we, you know, we don't know. It's, we're data driven, blah, 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 right? So that was, that was what was, you know, the headwinds that we had for the first part of the week. And then it started to shift a little bit again, because I mentioned the debt ceiling stuff. And then the NVIDIA earnings, a massive catalyst. And of course, everybody's into this AI all over the place. And uh, then Marvel earnings and, and some other stronger economic, uh, which, which means the economy is fine. You know? So on Friday, they kind of shrugged off the rate hike thing. It was more about the strength of the economy. So that's where we find ourselves. Um, and and, and you know, this, this snapshot here is, shows it very dramatically the haves and the have-nots. You know, basic materials were down because the U.S. dollar did kind of move up for the week. And I'm sure people had questions like, why is the U.S. dollar moving up when we're talking about debt default? Well, there was a lot of scare tactics about this debt default. But, you know, uh, we've had we've had government shutdowns before, many of them, in fact, some even um, under Trump administration. Um, we've we've had a situation where employees have been furloughed and blah 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 so i mean yeah there's concerns but you know the hype is always you know more the media drives things blah 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 so so there was a probably overly impacting the market with the fear element and the dollar it has been you know the flight to quality defensive and i guess but from a contrarian takeaway, when I heard the questions come up about why is the U.S. dollar rallying, I thought, well, <laughs> maybe if they can't spend as much as they want to, <laughs> the dollar is going to go up. 
you know, maybe if, uh, you know, they can't add another one and a half trillion in debt, maybe the dollar should go up. So I, I, I could see a case for it. Um, things are sometimes the inverse of what you would naturally think, like uh, things are counterintuitive rather than always intuitive, right? So that's where we uh, find ourselves there. Um, let's go to the next slide here. And uh, these are the ETF performances for, well, really the week, the month, the quarter, you know, the a full year, full uh, 12 months, and also then year to date. So you can see, uh, you know, how incredible year to date already for XLK up 32.42%, Q's up 30.84%, SPY uh, is, you know, lagging that up 9.83% discretionary which includes tesla in there 17.66 for year to date and then look at the have nots you know the healthcare down utilities just getting crushed i mean look at look at that spread from xlk to uh, uh utilities xlu you know i talk about uh people being able to take advantage of uh, money flow and relative performance between two instruments uh, these are the kind of things where if you put some XLK and we're short XLU, you know, you get that massive um, move separation. It's it's not always easy to do, but there are some incredible um, inflection points where that can be done. And you're, you're going to be faced with a situation where you're either really right or really wrong. I mean, because you're taking two instruments that tend to separate most of the time. And now there can be mean reversion as we as we've seen. Last year, what did better, the diamonds or the Qs? Well, the diamonds. What are the diamonds made of? The Dow 30, more defensive, blue chip, right? And also, it's a not a market cap weighted. It's a price weighted uh, uh, ETF. So it has different construction anyway. But uh, now you see that the Qs are coming and dominating this year and the diamonds are, you know, hold back or not not participating as much at all really. So so that's that in and of itself is mean reversion. You know, Qs were down 31% last year, now they're up 30% already this year. <laughs> so it's it's what's what's what we call mean reversion. We look for that. We look for the you know, dogs of the Dow or dogs to, you know, maybe be picked back up, tax loss selling, things like that. We talked a lot about that in other meetings uh, since the beginning of the year. And that theme is continuing and we do see some desire for risk on. So looking at these ETF performance here, here, um, you know, it's kind of a eye opener. If you haven't already been participating in them and you're just now seeing this kind of like staring at it for the first time, it is kind of an eye opener, right? So let's move to the next slide here. So Dave, I'll let you talk about uh, what you see on this. Uh, this is uh, the ETF dashboard for the last day of May. Yeah, that's going to be on Wednesday. And um, it tends to be a down day. Like that's the normal deep leveraging that happens. But within that, we see that um, gold might be a little bit more bullish and oil a little bit softer as well as retail and financials. So like most months, the final day looks to be a down day. 
and within that yeah like nine out of 12 i would, I would I, yeah i've analyzed it right so but june is actually opposite the final date yeah. june is actually up so may may is a classic like a typical month so yeah well there's a re i think there's a reason dave for uh june to be a little bit opposite and that is you just had the russell rebalancing um and so uh, there's there's been this um process you're at the end you're at the end of the quarter you're at the end of the semester mm -hmm. and you have you know july 4th kind of coming up and we often have you know peaks the market kind of peaks um around that uh, week july 4th weekend we've seen that over history many times sometimes we can have a summer rally it all depends on what's happened prior to that uh, but there can be a good reason why june does not have the last day of the month down and, and on the last day of the month for this month um the cues would outperform the spider typically so a little more strength in tech but your classic s p 500 stuff a little bit weaker for this yeah, here's the cues here. Here's the cues for the last mm -hmm. day of May, right? You can see that they're not bad. I mean, uh, the spy is a little bit worse. I mean, th this has been the theme all, all through the year so far is the cues have been outperforming the spy and uh, they have done that in May. So in, in keeping with what was shown, we, we saw that actually play out. And remember, we said um, we were suspicious about the sell in May and go away that because it was so broadcast ahead of May that we were like, eh, the market likes to prove the most people wrong most of the time. Um, and anyway, so uh, it ended up, you know, being not a bad month, especially for the queues. So let's go to the next slide. And this is the first day of June. So, so this week you get the benefit of not only the last day of the month, so there's some activity there, and you get the benefit of the first day of the month. So you actually have a turn of the month effect. So what do we see here, Dave? Yeah, so on that first day, it's not a really robust day typically. The spider's up 0.18% with a couple sectors such as oil and gold a little bit stronger. Um, and even basic material. So it's not a giant day. Most of the month's return comes from the middle of the month, that mid-month seasonality. So it's kind of a, a light first day. And the first Friday is actually more robust than the first day of June. We have that on the next slide here, at mm -hmm. least for the queues. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, oil oil got punished a bit on this last Friday. And so um, there may be a case for it uh, bouncing back here a little bit. Um, so this is the queues for June. And, we, and he was talking about the first Friday here performing better even than the first trading day of the month. So not a not a spectacular turn of the month effect because let's go back here. So the last trading day of the May of May is not bad. And then the first trading day of June is not spectacular. So so really not a great turn of the month effect, but gets better for first Friday and mid-month seasonality. And then expiration. If you remember last year, the third Friday of June expiration was a low and it was the turning. Remember, it was the turning point. We started to turn after that and then we enter, entered the summer rally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting there. Um, and this is what you were saying about the last trading day of the month being positive, which is yeah. rare because that's only three or four of the 12 months a year that you see that. Correct. Okay, let's moving on here. 
Um, interestingly enough, this top 10 list here was uh, February 15th, 2023. Um, but look at look at these stocks for a minute. Tesla and of course the SPY, um, Amazon, Apple, NVIDIA, Hughes, Alphabet, Google, um, AMD, Meta, Microsoft. So um, it's probable that AMD slipped a bit, but NVIDIA certainly rose this last week up this. But this has been interesting because this is like amongst all broker dealers that deal with retail traders and investors. These are the top stocks that were published February 15th. And it's still pretty much the same, meaning these are very crowded trades. So um, when you're looking for a potential reversal or something like that, or, 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 you know, go with if you're trading relative strength or you're looking for pairs, you know, these are the ones that have the most public opinion and participation. And like what just happened with NVIDIA, it's lifted a bunch of semiconductors with it as well, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't we do this, Dave? Uh, let me see what else I got here. That's the last of these slides. Why don't you rattle off the economic reports for the week and any earnings? And then I'll circle back with a few charts and what the futures are doing and stuff like that. Yeah, so on Tuesday, we have some housing data. It's the S&P Case-Shiller Index and the Richmond Fed Barkin is speaking, so a little Fed speak, consumer confidence, and some house data. Um, Wednesday, we have some employment news, ADP employment report, and job openings. Thursday, initial jobless claims, some manufacturing data, the manufacturing PMI, and construction spending. And then Friday is a big one. It's usually the U.S. employment report. So the themes for the week will be employment, housing, manufacturing. So it's going to give some more color as to how employment's holding up and if manufacturing is slowing down and then we also have a couple earnings uh tuesday just a couple like box Ambrella, hewlett-packard and wednesday's a big one salesforce crm um mm -hmm. then there's some other ones okta nordstrom c3 ai that's another ai star that right right and thursday we have broadcom some more chips and uh, at Lululemon, that, that can show how the middle high-end consumer is holding up. Things like um, LVMH have been really strong, Ferrari, so the super high-end has been holding up really well. But this will give you that kind of upper middle class uh, consumer if they're getting hurt by the, the inflation and, and fear of uh, recession. And then things like Dell, Dollar General, Five Below, and Friday, uh, not too much. So between uh tuesday through thursday just a smattering of earnings still going to give us some color as to how the consumer's holding up okay i like it so some good stuff to happen this week here um what day is the um, next fed meeting is it the 14th the 13th 14th of june right so it'd be the so let's see we got um Yeah, so um, so we got kind of about two weeks to, to it. Uh, so it's on the 13th and 14th, a two-day meeting for the uh, FOMC announcement. So that'll be important. We can cover that on the uh, Sunday, the 11th. Okay, now let's look at a couple charts here. 
So this is uh, the Dow Jones. Um, let's refresh this here. So where it stands right now, it's up 42 points or 0.13%. Um, you can see how it did participate on the 26th along with the other markets, but not as much. Um, but overall, um, you know, it's definitely not performed like the Qs or the S&P 500, just because of the technology element there. So with the S&P, it's up now 10.25% or 0.24 or 10.25 points or 0.24%. It had a move on Thursday, and again, along with NVIDIA's uh, sympathy trade there, and then the follow through on Friday was was even more robust than that. And um, so it did pop up here when um, the future started trading and it's pulled back uh, slightly from its high. But you got to note that, you know, we're at the highest point that we've been since August of last year. So it's very notable. This is a this is a if this holds and can build, this is a five day breakout, 10 day breakout, monthly breakout yearly breakout. I mean, it's it's doing it right. It's not a question of if it's actually doing it. So let's look at NASDAQ here. And that's been the standout already had it cleared the August high, um, you know, a week and a half ago and then pulled back for this Wednesday. And then Thursday, the huge gap with the NVIDIA earnings and then Marvel again and everything else just really put some uh, gasoline on the fire there. So it's up 53.5 points or 0.37%. And the Russell has uh, kind of been in the same doldrums as the Dow Jones, uh, but it's been in a sideways channel. So, I mean, it's not even doing anything relative to, you know, the highs of the year. Uh, I mean, it's got a long way to go. So I'm, I'm suspecting that there could be a case here for you know, a little bit of a move before the Russell rebalancing and and possibly a, a summer rally in small caps um, that may, may be surprising. So I'm going to put that on the table. I don't know uh, if it'll happen, but um, it's just very interestingly discounted. And normally from November 1st to April 30th are the best six months of the year. Um, if we go back to November 1st here for small caps, we were way up here, so we kind of had that pre-November rally. I mean, October was good across the board from the October 13th low that we had uh, with the uh, CPI numbers. We we had a rally already, and we actually ended in April lower, which is kind of opposite of what it should do. It should be a little bit discounted after the summer, and then it should rally for the six months, and, and then starts pulling back, um, you know, after that. But it's a very interesting situation here. So. What the case for small caps would be is can the consumer feel some more confidence? We had a little improvement in the sentiment numbers, Michigan sentiment on Friday. So can the consumer, you know, retail investors and other investors and even institutional, can they get confident that there's some growth prospects here? And if these mega caps keep running like they are, then you would have a case that some of them could be you know, really long in the tooth, very overvalued. You could use them as shorts and buy a bunch of the small caps that have that growth potential. So I'm looking forward to that because that was that was done a lot with Apple. 
Apple became the short and it allowed you to buy a lot of uh, smaller companies. So creating a nice you know, hedge with Apple against a basket of uh, potentials. And I could see that process repeating itself. So don't like, don't be afraid when stuff goes on a tear and bubbles form. And, you know, you may think, well, I missed the party. I wasn't invested here. I didn't, you know, have exposure there. Or I didn't play these spreads right or whatever. Don't be disillusioned. Push yourself back. Look at the big picture. Let the market create another distortion let it create opportunity, let it go first and do something so that you can then step in and participate when you're more educated uh, on what it's doing and um, you can you know, see that potential framework there, okay? Um, looking at the VIX, um, it's still you know, above 18. I, I, I'm gonna be looking at it to get um, Possibly once the debt ceiling thing is officially voted on and all that, I mean, we could drop back down towards uh, 15 or 16 on the VIX. We haven't even hit 15 yet this year. We came to a low of 16.90, I think, or no, low, yeah, low was 16.90. So we didn't we didn't even hit 15 yet, but I could see it uh, edging down there again. Um, energy. So crude. Um, so we had that uh, discount mostly on Thursday, um, the stocks themselves pulled back on Friday, the oils, most of the oil stocks, um, but the oil was up slightly. There's some, there's a slope here going on off the, off the bottom. There's a bit of a slope. I could see this being okay. I'm not afraid of uh, oil stocks at this point. It's, I think there's some argument for stability here. Uh, looking at our bonds, of course, that's been a big issue. So, we were declining on the bonds, which means they were factoring in a rate hike. Um, and, you know, the June the prospects for the June hike. Um, we did uh, pop up here a little bit. We're up now uh, 1%. So, um, what is this saying? Uh, yields are dropping, bonds are rising. Uh, this is kind of a, a bit of a, a relief on the debt ceiling thing potentially that's a 30-year 10-year five-year two-year that was <laughs> what a slope on that two-year it eh? just says uh, sliding slip sliding away <laughs> okay sorry for the singing okay gold uh dave you wanted to talk about uh gold a little bit i mean of course it's related to the dollar we saw it pop up the sector etfs um, GDX and uh, GDXJ senior miners and junior miners um, are on the calendar for both the end of the month and the beginning of the new month, right? Yeah, but it still looks like a, a recent downtrend. It's just popping up for a couple days here. I mean, Again, this all relates to the dollar, so so we can't really get a read on this. I mean, copper, you can get, I mean, that's the recession or no recession thing. Gold is a little bit more you know, when things are really concerning. But the problem is, let's look at the dollar. What did the dollar do here? See, this last week. You're rising. Right? So it was rising and it kind of stabilized. It wasn't declining. And that's what threw off the basic materials and gold the most, and even oil to some degree. Um, so now, if this thing gets kind of resolved, I could see us pulling back with the dollar. So that's I would be looking for a little bit of mean reversion here, which then could put a little bit more of a floor under uh, basic materials. Going back to our slide, you remember how 
orally basic materials has done. Yeah. So if you're looking for mean reversion, if you're looking for something that's super discounted so far this year, having a bounce, that might be the area. But again, it's going to be related to uh, what happens here with the with the dollar. Um, I think that much that pretty much covers it. Anything else uh, we missed? Here? Oh, oh, wait, I wanted to show you something here. SMH. SMH. Uh, let's put up the monthly chart just so you can get a nice, wow. good picture. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, we had this high here in 2021 and 2022. So this was, the, you know, November, December, and January of 2022, okay? And it looks like we could end up heading back there. You mentioned uh, we have AVCO earnings coming up anyway? Broadcom, yeah. Yeah, so, so we've got... Uh, We've got some more semis, and um, we certainly have a fire under the semis at the moment. So I don't, I can't see any cold water being splashed on this right away. I would, I would argue that there could be a move up into that former resistance, and then afterwards you might get a bit of a pullback. You could also get a breakout, but that would be much better for an if-then statement. Uh, I would I would let this breathe. I, I just don't know that I would be stepping short in front of semis at this junction. Uh, let's put in uh, socks, and uh, that had December and January as well, but not November. It was a little bit lower, so it made made a matching high up there. Um, but again, it's got a bit more room to go too, right? So uh, same thing, just different ETF. Um, Got to put up the marvel here because that's marvelous. Look at that. Wow. 30, 32%. 32.42. I was thinking it was 35, but I might be wrong. Okay. Um, it could be. I mean, it opened up slightly. Oh, let's change from the close. So the open to close would be slightly less than the close to close. Is it closed literally on its high pretty much here? Yes. Anyway, that's still a, an outstanding move. Let's bring up NVIDIA here. <laughs> yep. So uh, it's a new day. It's a new day. NVIDIA is going to have a market cap bigger than the entire universe pretty soon here. Um, mm -hmm. It's almost at a trillion. 939 billion so when when nvidia is finally worth more than the entire u.s stock market probably a good time to short it <laughs> all right we'll end on that um you guys have a good trading week it is a shortened week don't forget it is a shortened week so you uh have only four days to make hay right um just keep that in mind and um also look for this uh, end of month seasonality and um, first of the month. And I I find that a lot of the symbols that are on the seasonality almanac do actually perform in line with what's slated there for these special events like last day of the month, first day of the month, first Friday. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've, I've been happy with how the almanac has uh, steered us into, into those. So you can check on the seasonality almanac to see if it is also showing up let's say on the rsi2 dashboard uh, on the percent b dashboard 
on the performance dashboard. So you, you can look and see if you see the same symbol come up. That could be a way to line up some ducks, okay? All right, good luck. All right, thank you. Take care. Bye.